Before we get started, this is part two of Christian China and the End of Times. You can find part one on farminggod.com or in the Apple Podcast app. Let's begin. Assume that you're being listened to, um, and then respond accordingly. Just be careful the kind of people you're talking to, because a lot of people are spies for the government. You never know who is a spy. Good morning, EICF. I love Unity Sunday. Do you love Unity Sunday? Yes. My name is Steve Ray. For the past several months, I've been covering the largest religious conversion the world has ever seen, Christianity in China. It's a story that's confusing, yet oddly familiar. It's littered with corruption, persecution, perseverance, and fantastic characters like Brother Yoon, an underground church leader who was imprisoned, fasted for 74 days, then later escaped from this maximum security prison by simply walking out. There are the illegal underground churches. This is just like... This is a strange... Just a strange place. And the next generation of Chinese youth. I want you to turn and talk to your partner and tell them if you think there is a God or no God. This is a story that reaches much further than a religious movement occurring on the other side of the world. China's rapid conversion to Christianity will be the most consequential event of the 21st century. Do you do you know anything about Brother Yoon? Yeah, he's a close friend. He's uh, based in Germany. The, the the heavenly man, right? The, the heaven, heavenly man. man, yeah. What's what's he like? Well, he still have a has a earthly body. <laughs> Bob Fu, a Christian refugee from China, is not only friends with Brother Yoon. He shares an incredibly similar story, a story that begins with his life before Christianity. I feel in order to be treated fairly, justly, equally, to really engage in the political uh, arena is the is the best way. Bob led political protests at his university, then traveled to Beijing to participate in the peaceful demonstrations at Tiananmen Square. I thought I was making some change until the massacre happened and the Communist Party started taking revenge against me. On June 4th, Chinese troops entered Tiananmen Square and began firing on its civilians. Death toll estimates ranged from several hundred to thousands. I was uh, very much uh, disappointed and, and, and to the point of the dissolution. Why the people's government start uh, using kind of uh, military weapons, uh, crackdown and uh, shooting its own people. Mr. Fu was interrogated and thrown into prison. The political system, the temple of reason he and so many others worked to change, took the most unreasonable action imaginable, murdering its own civilians. He and millions of other Chinese were psychologically broken, with communist ideology bankrupt and traditional Chinese religion already destroyed by Mao, 
Bob Fu and millions of other Chinese turn to a new narrative, one the Western world may have heard of. I'm, I'm not really sure what happens here on Sundays. The church definitely isn't on the agenda for most, but for me it is. This is Beijing, China. Landing in China and a few days of strange sleep cycles, I hopped on a subway for International Church. For confidentiality, we won't use its full name. The church sits along a stretch of highway that is lined with banks and embassies. The gated entrances of these buildings are accented by suited security officers standing guard. As I cross the road towards the International Church, I see it's more of a modern concrete auditorium is so huge that you can barely make out the top of the building through the smog. The excessive honking, a staple of Beijing, doesn't cease in the church parking lot. There it is. I, along with the stream of other attendees, show our passports to the anxious-looking man at the front door. He doesn't pay me much attention, but he looks extra close at the credentials of the Asian congregants. Puzzled, I think back to the warning on the church website. Please note, in compliance with local regulations, a foreign passport is required for everyone who attends. Thanks for your understanding and cooperation. Happy Unity Sunday. I love Unity Sunday. Do you love Unity Sunday? Yes. <laughs> it always rocks. It's always awesome. <laughs> the service is what you would expect from a non-denominational, charismatic church in the U.S. Except the congregation is extremely international. American, Canadian, European, African, and from every other corner of Asia. God's number one priority for the churches of Beijing and for the churches of China. Doesn't it make sense? His number one priority would be unity, would be harmony. Also the devil's number one priority to break that harmony, destroy that harmony. The service ends and people file out of the auditorium. Lagging behind, I see the first Chinese nationals of the morning. As us foreigners walk out, the Chinese walk in with brooms and dustpans. I spoke with a few church loyals about their experience. I'm, so I'm Gabriel, I'm from Indonesia. So what I think about Christianity from in China is like quite challenging because we cannot like freely go to church in here. But like it's also interesting because we can because like in BICF we can like meet a lot of new people. So what do you mean by not everyone can come? What do you mean? Because like there is a regulation in China that Chinese people cannot use, cannot come to church because like they restricted it. Right, so my name is Soluani and I'm Nigerian. So Christianity in China is different because I just found out that Chinese nationals cannot come to church here. You know, they have to, I have to be ID'd to come to church, so that's different. And also, I had met some Christian couples here that were uh, 
Chinese and uh, I had asked to go to their church but I wasn't allowed to because it was like a you know secret group like a meeting I probably shouldn't be saying this <laughs> but it's just different because like we cannot fellowship with Christians here and they cannot fellowship with us so you know yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's like weird disconnect it takes away from the unity that you know the Christian body tries to portray I think yeah that's it. Who were the people that said they had, were they Chi- they're Chinese? Uh, yeah. Chinese. And I probably shouldn't, like... Yeah, I, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> there's a lot of separation. Um, if you cannot fellowship together, then there's... Coming together and fellowshipping with a person, it means you trust them, and you're able, able to learn more about them, and they can learn more about you, and you can be friends, and you can form more intimacy. But when you take that away from people, the ability to come together in something they believe in, there is no interaction and no integration. So there is always going to be that separation between both parties. So you will never be so intimate. There is only a level of intimacy you can attain. But apart from that, you may never be able to break that boundary. I stopped the recorder and was saying goodbye to Sotawani. But she wasn't quite finished, so I clumsily looked down and pressed record again. Beginner's mistake. You know, I don't want to, I really, I'm just here to enter and I don't okay, want to be like... Don't, no, I don't want to yeah, say anything that you don't feel comfortable I don't want to be chased out of here before I have to go. <laughs> so I'm just here to uh, yeah. finish what I'm here for and leave. I think a lot of it is a, it's very sensitive. So, really? Yeah, because uh, the couple I was talking to, the guy is on the list, some kind of list. Uh, being watched, you know. Cause Wait, which couple? Oh, someone. In the, the Christian church. couple that I talked about, uh, like because they have illegal meetings. They're not supposed to meet because it's a. They feel like when you meet, you're talking about the government and strategies to, you know. So I would, yeah. I don't want to engage in a conversation that is sensitive. I'm just trying to stay away from political and yeah. yeah. Just be careful the kind of people you're talking to because a lot of people are spies for the government, you never know who is a spy and who, because obviously we've been watched here just to make sure that we're not like having conversations against the government, like we're being, you know, there will be people that come to church and just listen and make sure that everything is according to, you know, so really? yeah, I mean, they're I letting us do this, it's, a, it's an opportunity they don't give to their citizens, this is like actually a gift to us. leaving the church i remember the warnings given by josh the missionary assume that you're being listened to um, and then respond accordingly Um, and it's just that's a safer policy walking back to the subway station there seemed to be a lot more street cameras than i remember Despite these warnings and my paranoia, I continued on towards the largest Christian church in China. I popped out of a subway station in a business district that, judging by the stares of the locals, was not a foreigner hotspot. Headed for the church, the sidewalk seemed too big for the amount of people around. I turned right after another skyscraper, and there it was. The white, modernist architecture would have been impossible to miss. Although half the height of the buildings around it, the church's bell tower seemed to soar over the people milling in its cement courtyard. After months of preparation, I've made it to Haidian Church. There it is, the largest Christian church in China, looms against the smog of Beijing with the foggy sun behind it. I'm feeling nervous. People are staring at me 
at my microphone, my partner Alex, then back at me. It's smoggier than usual. This isn't a very touristy area, so getting some weird looks, but maybe I'm just paranoid. Oh, there's a coffee place on the bottom floor. What do you mean? Do you go here? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> With a nod of approval from the confused Chinese in the courtyard, we climb the staircase to the church. Inside, it's dark and hazy. The old wooden pews contain what appears to be a tattered songbook and trash. There are young people devoutly praying, like really intensely, and others scattered about speaking in hushed voices. I walk into the lobby and there's a Chinese man with black slacks and a white dress shirt. He has long, well-kept hair highlighted by several strands of gray. His initial curiosity in our conversation quickly turns uncomfortable. What's your name? I'm Steve. Steve? Yeah. Okay. Is the service over? Yeah, in the 1630. Do you, do you work here? Uh, yeah. You what's the time you? Oh, okay. We wanted to come uh, to the service. Uh, you miss the time? Yeah, yeah. I ask if Americans are welcome at the service. Americans? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe Jesus? <laughs> That's my partner Alex, courteously laughing at the maybe real, maybe fake requirements to attend service here. The man asks why I'm there, so I show him my microphone. Another Chinese man who had joined the conversation becomes wide-eyed, and the two break off in fast-paced Mandarin. For one minute and 48 seconds. I wait awkwardly, pretending to be interested in a neglected bookshelf next to me. Inside its plexiglass case is a well-dressed white woman staring back at me. My eyes make their way up from the beautiful home she's sitting in, to her Parisian red lipstick, around her wrinkle-free cheeks, past her highlighted hair, and onto the title that reads, Say Goodbye to Your Insecurities. I assume, and sort of hope, that this is a result of government censorship. Finally, the man comes back to me with a question while the second man looks on eagerly for my answer. You, you just want to know about the Indian church? I shake my head yes, and Mandarin conversation ensues once again, this time just for 58 seconds. Personal project or country project? Have you ever been asked that question? Neither had I. After some nervous laughter that sounds like me panting, the man looks intently into my eyes. Do you believe in the world will more and more love and peace? We need love and peace. I don't really understand what he's saying, but I shake my head anyways. Yeah, it's easy to believe in. Oh, it's easy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's easy, yeah. yeah. 
The man says to wait here. My partner Alex and I turn towards each other. Then, like something out of a bad Nicolas Cage movie, continue turning the full 180 degrees to see what's behind us. Mounted on the ceiling, we instantly realize the cause for the man's sporadic eye contact. A blinking security camera pointed directly at us. We look at each other and without saying a word, take off down the stone stairs, across the courtyard and past the bell tower, which now feels less modernistic and more like J.R. Tolkien's Eye of Sauron. You cannot die. After rounding a corner and escaping eye shot, we broke our silence. Turned around, he said, wait a minute, and we just kind of left. Things just were a little too tense, and now he's definitely going to think we're spies. Let go up the street. And he kept looking around and kind of skirting off and, like, asking some things and, like, saying some vague Jesus statement and then kind of like turning around and then coming back and yeah that was the strangest encounter we've had I think so far it's just like this they want to participate in this Christianity but they want to be loyal to China they want to feel or experience something but what they see or feel is limited by China like I don't like how can you be interested in that Christianity dull, boring, watered-down version. Wow. Maybe that's why they flocked to the underground churches. <laughs> it was interesting, though. He, like, seemed interested, but was, like, hesitant. Like, he was like, oh, I want to talk to them. Like, he kept saying, like, yeah, I want to talk uh, to you. Can we... He was like, go for coffee, but then he was like, maybe not, maybe we shouldn't. Should I talk to them? And then he'd, like go in one direction. I thought we were going out the door, and then he turned around and went back to church. Alex's intuition was right. Several Christian refugees confirm that any engagement in evangelism or foreign interaction is justification for imprisonment. I had pushed the Haidian man to the edge of a cliff, answered the questions honestly, and faced the Communist Party, or dodge this foreigner's question and live another day. Think I'm being overdramatic? Here's Bob Fu again to tell the story of what happened after Tiananmen Square. I became a Christian uh, in 1989. Then, essentially, I became a house church pastor until 1996. Both my wife and I were thrown into prison for being alleged as uh, engaging in illegal religious activities. The first, uh, basically, three days and nights, um, I was not allowed to sleep, and uh, they had a round-the-clock interrogation. Uh, by the public security officers and the interrogators. Sometimes they, they kick me, sometimes they knock my head. And uh, by the end of two months, we were both released. And uh, although we were under house arrest, immediately at least we were together. Mr. Fu and his wife learned they would be rearrested at the end of the month. So they pursued their final option. Then, you know, my wife was pregnant with that uh, pregnancy permission card. She's for facing a forced abortion if she's caught, and uh, so we, you know, we'd better get out of Beijing, at least uh, hiding in the countryside. And uh, so we got out of Beijing in the, uh, you know, one midnight. I jumped from a, 
a toilet room in the dark uh, second storied building. It got out of China through uh, Thailand and then went to Hong Kong and uh, we stayed in Hong Kong for eight months. So we were there uh, waiting for um, a Western country to accept us as a refugee. Three days before Hong Kong was handed over to China, former President Bill Clinton granted Mr. Fu's family residency through a special decision. We were uh, able to get to the airport uh, at the last working day of the old Hong Kong government before Hong Kong was turned over to China. I want to dive in and learn about this persecution, the list of suspects that the Nigerian college student Sotawani mentioned, what is really happening at Haidian Church, and what the hell is going on in the underground churches. But at this point, it's time to stop the digging, not for my safety, but for the safety of the Chinese, who my continued pursuit could harm. Yeah, I'm fine pushing it in other places, but I don't think this is, this is the spot. I mean, look at this map. My exploration of the Chinese church had come to an end, but it was probably for the better. Practicing Christians are still a vast minority in China, in order to truly understand the Chinese perception of Christianity, it was time to enter the secular world of the majority. Striking up a conversation about God in Mandarin while holding a microphone that looks like a taser isn't easy. I remembered how Josh the missionary was able to arouse a bit of religious conversation among the general public. So you're just kind of talking and so it didn't matter i could be saying do you like basketball oh kobe bryant is your favorite player i'm from la do you know god like it was it was literally as as non sequitur as that there must be someone other than basketball fans willing to talk about their religious beliefs I don't know about Mika. Mika. People, many, many people believe that God made everything. Now, many people do not believe there is a God. Many people do not know. I want to know what you think. I'm going to start the song of the day now. Well, right until the song is over. To my mind all the live long day Being with you titillates me in every way I have found just what I was looking for. Mr. G's classroom occupies a well-equipped space in a very well-funded private school. For confidentiality, we won't use his real name. Sleepy-eyed eight-year-old students in uniform began trickling into class. Some loud, some shy, all smiles. By the time the morning bell rang, the class was full and students were pondering their answers to the daily journal question, is there a God? Lighthearted, huh? When the class's teacher, who we'll refer to as Mr. G, proposed the question, some students obediently began writing in their journal. Others, like Tracy, a round, straight-bang girl, began ferociously defending the idea of a God to a group of two boys. Tracy can't sit still, her hair is in a frizzy ponytail, and she stands out in class. Maybe it's because of her auburn hair, or maybe it's the way she carries herself. 
As I, the strange foreigner, sit on an undersized chair in the back of the class, Tracy is the only student who makes direct eye contact with me, and she holds it. I look away. She interrupts the teacher with comments that begin with, but you said, argues with classmates, and in the words of Mr. G, is brilliant. Very important question today. Very big, difficult question. Nathan, please listen. This word, this word, God. What is it in Chinese? Yes. One of the boys Tracy argues with is Neo. When the instructor explains the concept of a god, Neo theatrically shakes his head no. Made you, made me, made that board over there, made the windows, made the whole world. No. His short, fluffy black hair sways side to side. He has big ears, a radiant smile, and is much quieter than Tracy, but equally as animated when the god conversation begins. Neo believes in science. We're going to come and talk to the carpet. We're going to start on the carpet today. But I would like you to quickly and quietly please come to the carpet. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want you to turn and talk to your partner and tell them if you think there is a God or no God. Many of them know, uh, have an idea or a concept or at least somewhat familiar with the idea of God. Um, many of them do not. This is Mr. G and I at the bus stop after class. And that certain people agree that there might be a God, that there is a God, and others do not. And then and, and others still don't know either way. And I presented those options to the students without so, so much telling them what they should or should not believe. The students' journal entries reflected Mr. G's playful openness with statements like, I don't know, next to a drawing of a puppy, a question mark collage. I think he is real, winky face. I don't really know. God is made of space stars. He or she is very good and he or she fly. I don't know because I don't know. Angela, does Neo think there is a God? He said no, okay. Did he say why? Neo's partner may have been speechless because of the answer that I later read from his journal. He wrote, No, God, because space rocks made Earth, and Earth made of people, and people made our world. Neo, our avid atheist, presents the most philosophical answer of the class. And then I came to Tracy's answer. We'll get to it in a second. Here she is in class. Yes, Tracy. If my mom heard me say this, she would hit me. My dad can this, this talk right now? Yeah, if I hit a spare rock, he's there wrong, he would hit me and lock me at the door. If my dad hit, he would be happy. I'm very sorry to hear that. So I can't write this in my book. Okay, alright, thank you for sharing that with me, okay? Tracy. The girl who had earlier ruthlessly defended the existence of a god to the group of boys wrote in her journal, I don't think there is a god. What do you think? 
Tracy ends every journal entry with a question. Each year, China's steel door creaks open further and further to the Western world. Our classroom of eight-year-olds will experience a country their parents never could have imagined, and the conflict that comes with this change is all too visible. The next generation of Chinese youth do not accept the Republic of China as their master, and they consider life beyond political and economic terms. Whether it be the Tracys of China who feel the presence of a god, or the Neos who marvel at science, China is swelling with questions that the government can no longer answer. Our classroom of eight-year-olds represent more than just a religion in a country. They illustrate a spiritual emergence occurring not only in China, but in the United States as well. Headed in different directions, it is through China's new identity that you and I can begin to learn a little about our own. Saying goodbye to Bob Fu, I told him to look me up next time he comes to Austin. So my daughter just applied to UT Austin, and uh, so oh, maybe great. if she's accepted, then we'll <laughs> go there more often. He didn't say it directly, and I don't know for sure, but I can't help but think that this daughter, now applying to the University of Texas, was the baby from his story, faced with abortion if her parents didn't flee. Oh yeah, you as well. God bless. Thanks, Mr. Fu. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Coming out next week, the third and final episode of this series, The End of Times. We are one people with one destiny. We all bleed the same blood. We all salute the same great American flag. And we all are made by the same God. Music by Paul Spring, Taba, Winston Dry Todd, and Grammatic. I have linked to all of them in the show notes. Thanks to David Aikman and Josh Orm, and of course, Mr. G, for the patience and love he brings to his classroom. A special thanks to Bob Fu and his organization China Aid, which provides support for imprisoned Chinese Christians. Yeah, this is still happening. People are going to prison for their religion. Learn more about those in prison at ChinaAid.org.